Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. The Rovers Chat YouTube channel is proudly sponsored by SixYardsOut.com. They've got retro football from every era with mugs, phone cases and much more. They also have plenty of Rovers goods including apparel with the famous 94-95 season and this season's kit. Check them out using the link in the description below. Hello everybody and welcome to a new edition of the Academy podcast. Uh, we're coming to you recording the day after uh, the FA Youth Cup triumph and we're going to start um, there but with a little bit of housework before that Dan because um, showbiz Dan's here um, just in case anybody hasn't noticed. Um, we, we It's been a while since we've done kind of a regular Academy podcast. We've had um, a couple of recordings that are going to be coming out over the next few days as well with some staff, um, which is great to have. And we've also got a player that we're going to talk to and we'll we'll, uh, we'll drop that at the end of the episode, I think, as a bit of a, um, a tease to stay to the end to see who we've got to talk to. Um, but we've had a few lawnees come in and out and stuff since the last time we talked, Dan. And um, let's start there, I think, with... Um, and let's talk about Sam Burns because he was obviously top scorer in the under 23s for us, still is, of course. But he went out for his first taste of senior action, didn't he? Yeah, and he seems to be now received well by the FC United fans. I think they're all asking for him to go back, which is it's good to see. You know, we've seen so many of these lawnies that sometimes struggle to get game time. I think he's got his game time, he's scored a few goals and made a good impression. Yeah, and even I think we talked last time when Joe was on as well about the standard of the football. He obviously went to National League North. Do you think it really matters about the standard of the football or is it more just getting the minutes and kind of getting senior action? I think as long as they're getting the minutes, I'm happy personally. I think we've seen it a lot where they go to League 1 and League 2 and they don't get in. Ty McGlure struggled, Matty Platt struggled, Joe Grayson didn't get too much game time. I think it's just minutes at senior level matters more than the level they're at for me. Yeah, and like you say, he knocked in a few goals and he was well received by the fans there. So he obviously has got a good experience and he's come back and come straight back into the under 23 side. And we'll talk obviously about how they're getting on towards the end of the podcast. Um, Jack Vale, still out there at Halifax alongside uh, former Rovers legend Jordan Slew. Um, who's banging in the goals, to be fair to, to Jordan. But uh, Jack's also putting, um, getting some minutes there. Yeah, it's nice to see. I think he's one who's struggled with injury. I think he's definitely on the list of... He'd, I think he'd be a bit more involved if he hadn't have had all these injuries. But uh, it's nice to see him go out and score goals more than anything. And to do it at National League's a, a decent indicator at the moment for him. Yeah, there's a lot of National League teams who <clears throat> are probably equivalent or better than League Two teams at the moment. Yeah. And we saw, I don't know if people saw the Stockport County Black Bolton Wanderers FA Cup tie. 
recently, but that just shows how good Stockport are and they're struggling to even get into the promotion places in that league. So shows how strong the National League is at the moment. A um, lot of money washing around in that league. Um, Daniel Pike's been out and come back, and so has George Pratt. Um, they've been at Fylde and, and Hyde, respectively. Uh, Louis Annesley's out at walking, and Brandon Lonsdale's been on two loans um, since we spoke at Lancaster and Macclesfield. Is there any one of those four that you want to pick out for, to say anything about? I'm just glad to see Pike back from injury, really. I know he got sent off, which we'll probably discuss, but it's just nice to see him back. He's been in and around, hasn't he, with the first team? And I just think getting them minutes back is essential, really, going forward for him. Yeah, I think he actually did very well at Fylde. Um, I know Luke Brennan went to Fylde last season and didn't really make that much of an impression. But Pike was starting games. He started an FA Cup game, I think, for them as well. Um, so... Obviously, getting the getting actually getting minutes and then um, putting in good performances as well. Um, I've just signed Danny Pike on uh, on Football Manager twenty two for my Scunthorpe side in League Two. Um, so I hope you do well for for me, Daniel. Um, let's move on then and talk about what happened last night. So we're recording this on the Thursday, um, it was a big big uh, night for the Youth Cup FA Youth Cup third round, which is the first round that. Blackburn come in at and we drew Birmingham City away obviously Birmingham not a category one club I don't know what category they are I think category two um, but obviously not a team that we played in the league so um, kind of an unknown um, I spoke briefly to one of our under 18s players before the match who said that they knew that they were going to be in a bit of a matchup whereas man versus man it was the same system and we saw that on the night it was the same system for Birmingham as it was for Blackburn and um, so to me it all was going to come down to that individual quality and I think the quality that Blackburn Rovers showed that our, our Youth Cup team showed um, really was very impressive wasn't it? Yeah well I think I think they've just become cat one I think uh, I remember they changed to that system that everyone had a bit of a mourn about when they went to the B system do you know like Brentford did? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I think I think we looked absolute levels above them didn't we i think although they might be in the same category there's such a gap between probably rovers and then your big clubs as such and it's just nice to see us walk into the next round yeah you're right they turned to category one status in may this year so uh, very recent adoption of category one status and i suppose that recency of being at the same level as us did kind of show that no, I'm not saying that we were a bad team because they did cause us problems, especially in the first half after we went 2-0 up. So the, the story of the match, just to give that briefly, um, very quick start from Rovers and we got ahead with an own goal. Um, and then Charlie Weston scored to make it 2-0 after about 15 minutes or so. That was a bit of a scrappy goal as well. He, had, he ended up nodding it into an empty net. But a great run from midfield, which obviously is what Weston's capable of. And then I don't know whether we put, took the foot off the gas a little bit or whether Birmingham changed things up and, and kind of got, grew into the game. But either way, um, it was that kind of 20 minutes before half time where I think that we um, kind of struggled a little bit more with them and they knocked in a great free kick to refer to them and it was 2-1 at half time and what were your thoughts then at half time did you expect us again let's step on the accelerator again after Ryan Kidd spoke to them at half time uh, yeah I did I think we're at that stage now uh, we've seen them do very well in the league one defeat and I just think that quality was always going to tell as long as we switch back on and I think they did that straight away didn't they 
Yeah, they did. So they came out and in the second half, they did pretty much exactly what they did in the first half, two early goals. Um, Jake Batty got one and the name escapes me for the for the other uh, one in the first Pratt. half. Yeah, it was from a corner, wasn't it? So and then um then we really just controlled the game. Um, from that point onwards, obviously 4-1. Um, Birmingham knew they weren't going to get back into it. And then probably the pick of the goals was the last one. Um, Adam Wharton feeding it through to Harry Leonard, who curled a beautiful finish into the top corner. And, and I think you could tell that he wanted to score because um, obviously he's a, he's a bit of a goal machine in the league. And we'll, we'll talk about league performances in a second. But I got the feeling, Dan, that he really wanted to score um, in that game. Yeah, you could see it, couldn't you? missed a few uh, chances that he put away on another day. And I think... It's good to see him score again. And just to mention on Jake Batty about his uh, England call-up in the last internationals, I think it's great to see another player coming from our academy and getting recognised because we've seen the big club bias for many years in terms of the England squads. And you know what? They're getting recognised and fair play to them all. Yeah, absolutely. That's something that I bring up with John Prince and I think that's coming out in the next few days. Uh, that was recorded a couple of weeks ago. Um <clears throat> about the recognition or lack of recognition from England, especially. Uh, I know we've had, I think, Christy Montgomery has been capped by Scotland and we've had a few Wales and, and Irish internationals as well through the academy, but not that many England players. And I think just to touch on Jake Batty's story, um, Jake is one that was playing grassroots um, for quite a long time until he you know, got brought into the academy on the full time and obviously a first year scholar now and really showing massive strides, great development. And we saw last night what he's all about. He can just bomb forward down that left-hand side all night, can't he? I think that's it. And I think when we're going forward, we look at the team now. You've got Lenny Serena, who's left back, probably got a couple of years at 23 level. And I mean, it's just good to see that we've got that player ready already. You can see him stepping up into the 23s in the coming years. Just having these players is... It's what it's all about, isn't it? Tony Carr said when we spoke to him uh, earlier this year that there's some good players coming through and we're seeing it. Yeah, absolutely. And what's pleasing about it is that um, they're playing a flexible system. So last night we saw it was, you know, the the 5-2-3 um, or 5-3-2, depending on where you kind of put that middle man, um, the John Buckley role, um, if you want to talk about it. Uh, like that, as you talked about, if not seen the John Buckley podcast, by the way, um, that came out uh, on the first, then you should definitely go and check that out on our channel. Um, but that's someone who's come through the academy the same as all these lads are doing and has been on an FA Cup, you know, youth run himself and will know all about it. And he, he discusses about that in the podcast and his route through. And these guys are now following that and saw, you know, in midfield, Charlie Weston, Adam Wharton, um, Ryan Kidd's actually singled out Adam Wharton. Well, in Jacob Crook's piece, he talks about Adam Wharton as being one of the most exceptional technical players that he's he's worked with. So just to touch on, on him for a second, obviously Scott's brother, is there a chance that we can have the first brothers in the first team since the Olsons? I think definitely. I think you look at him and he just looks a step above. He's had that 23 experience already. Mm. I think you see it now that Scott spoke about him before about his talent, and I know it's his brother, so he might be a bit hyping him up, but just a proper talent. And again, he's one of nine or ten from these under-18s that could make the step up and probably will do soon. 
Yeah, they, I mean, they, they all look good and they, they've produced such a well-balanced side and um, it's all about individuals and the, the progress of the individual, but it's good to see them all, all being able to gel as a team and that is part of it as well. Like all of them, Jay Haddall, Charlie Olsen, Patrick Gamble, George Pratt, um, you know, I've already mentioned Weston and Harrison Wood, Evan Cunningham coming on. These are all names that you need to, you know, if you're watching this, you need to start getting familiar with because these could be, you know, the the, the pathway is there for these young Rovers to, to come through. If not even into our first team, then definitely into the professional game. And um, I just was on a youth development day with Training Ground Guru on Tuesday and Blackburn were well mentioned there in terms of the number of players that they were bringing through. Uh, I think we were in the top 25 of academies that have, have produced professional footballers in the country and I think that's only going to go up and up um, as we see these young players come through. Let's just touch on the under-18s in the league though, Dan. Um, how have they been getting on? Incredible, really. 23 points off 10 games, one defeat... I think it's great to see after last year's slow start. I know they struggled, but maybe that were a year of them getting used to it, making that step up early as we always do. I mean, 29 goals in 10 games, 11 conceded, which is, I think, the joint most in the league. Well, the joint least, sorry. I think it's just... I know it doesn't matter too much about results, but if they could go on and win that title, it'd be really special. Yeah, it really would be. And they've they've already taken some good scalps in that league, but the programme they've got coming up. Um, so just to touch on the actual league table before we talk about what's coming up, actually. Um, so like I say, there's been 10 games for the under-18s in the uh, under-18 Premier League North, um, the separated North-South at this age. Um, played 10, won seven, drawn two, lost one. Um, and obviously that puts them five points clear at the top of that league, but Man City are in second, do have a game in hand, and, you know, the upcoming schedule looks really tasty from the under-18s. You said you're going to go down this weekend, if you can. Yeah, they've got Burnley on Saturday, which is a, a mini Lancashire derby. It's, we don't face them at 23 levels at level at the moment, unless it's the Cup. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be a... I think we'll win, but you never know, do you? It's, they could uh, spring a surprise. I think they've been really revving up to this, the under-18s, because obviously they knew that the FA Youth Cup was going to be this week, and there was a lot of chat I've seen on Twitter about that in the build-up, and now they're obviously full of confidence coming off the back of that 5-1, going into what they know is a big game against Burnley. Um, but then it gets even tougher after that, because then they've got Man City, then they play Man United, then they play Leeds, which is second, third and fourth in the table. So we really will find out over the next two, three, well, actually it's spread over into January, but over the next couple of months, what you know, what we do have on our hands here, whether we do have a crop of specialists, we think, maybe. I think that's it. I think we all know what City are like, United, Leeds, three clubs that we know have talent and I think the fact we're even up there now, even if we went and didn't get the results we wanted in the three, was such a chance of going on and winning this title that it's credit to everyone involved, really. Yeah, absolutely. And it is all that's what we've got to bear in mind in all these things. It doesn't necessarily matter about those results. Obviously, results are good and it shows a certain thing, but what the next couple of months will, will give them is even more development and playing in those big games 
um, which do mean something to them, especially at that level, um, is going to bring on their experience levels and they're going to come up against better players maybe than what they've played against already. And, and, and you know, winning those individual battles will hopefully give them more confidence going forward and show them new sides to themselves that they maybe didn't already know. So that's going to be really good to watch over the next few months and keep your eye out um, from the Rovers Academy Twitter, which I think the link will be in, uh, the the handle will be down, on, below, yeah. down below, so um, definitely have a look at that, and we'll keep you updated on on everything that happens with the under 18s because obviously it's not as easy to follow as the the PL2 stuff. So we'll move on to that now, though. Um, completely kind of different kettle of fish in a way. Um, the results haven't been so great for the under 23s, have they? Really? No, they've struggled. I mean, 11 points off 13 games is not what we want. Four defeats, including the cup in a row. Although we are recording this before the United game on the Sunday, but four defeats in a row, I think we're starting to see what the movement of the players from the academy up to the first team does at times. And that does end up where we might not get the results we want, but obviously the first team matters more with it. I just think the results will come as the season comes on. They have been close a few times. It's just maybe that killer edge that we're missing at the moment and that's and that again is all part of development isn't it like you like you say we keep conceding these late goals the most recent of which arsenal um at leyland where we we fought our way back into the game to get to two all and then we concede a, a late sucker punch um off of, out of nowhere really yeah um and and but that's not the only one that that's happened this season we talked in the last podcast early in the season where we possibly should have won some of those matches everton i'm thinking of and uh, another couple of ones that we probably should have won that wouldn't have probably put us into the pressure position that we're in but again it's possibly better being in the pressure position that we're in now than being in the middle of the table and where matches maybe don't matter as much maybe these young players are going to learn a little bit more about themselves um, as we go through this kind of relegation battle, I suppose you could call it. Yeah, I think that's it. I think it's all about developing them, and we'll discuss it later about relegation, but it is a good experience to have, even though it's not. we're maybe not getting the results we want. But, you know what, it's a challenge, and compared to last year where we were up there, it's a different challenge for them. Yeah, only two victories so far in the league this season, and <clears throat> the most recent... Um, games we've had a couple of sendings off. Um, we've we you know we we've been battered by Derby County. Um, we conceded three goals to Arsenal as well, and then we lost to West Ham. Uh, lost to QPR in the in the Premier League Cup as like as you said four defeats on the bounce now and um, not scoring in three of those games as well. So is there a, a balance issue? Is there a, you know where do you see the issues as being in in the team at the moment? I'm not sure what it is, really, because like, we'll get to the part where I've been to a few at Leyland and we'll, we'll go behind, and I think that's part of it. It's always harder when you're chasing. But then we'll get that goal and then we'll switch off and concede again, and we've done it a few times, and I don't know whether it's maybe experience, because a lot of them do go between the 18s and 23s, so they are like 18-year-old, 17-year-old lads. I think missing players, missing Burns for a while, Pike... Annesley, Phillips, Gilsanen's a miss. I think Garrett's been out most of the season. White, or you know, we aren't playing at full strength, even with the players that have moved up. There's so many we're still at 23 level that haven't been playing. I don't think it's a big issue to worry about. 
we just need these players back and I think we'll be fine. Yeah, absolutely. And as we know, like we've touched on it already loads of times, saying it's all about individual development. And and I think the coaches know that. I'm sure that the players do as well. Um, let's pick out a couple of individuals. Jared Harlock's been playing a lot of a lot of the games. Um, he didn't start the season because of his inj- he had a slight injury, which thankfully didn't require surgery. But I think he's been one of the bright sparks for me when I've been watching the under twenty threes. What have you made of his performances? Yeah, just to plug the uh, Buckley podcast again. Buckley, we spoke to him about it, and he said the same that he believed that he doesn't see too much of him, but he's heard about the technical side, and I think it's just that he's a bit like a John Buckley player for me, and I think the way he just moves the ball, it's it has been a positive of the season, and I think he's the next one for the first team personally in that midfield. Maybe him and Jake Garrett will fight it out, but. It's all about displacing the similar players to them, isn't it? Yeah, I think he's he's one probably they've got earmarked for when Clarkson goes back to Liverpool. Uh, I can see him as a similar type of player to Clarkson who could fill in that role and come in and be technical and, and thread and, and knit the team together, as it were, from the centre of the park. He's also played quite a bit off the right um, this season, which uh, may not be his preferred position, but it does give him an extra string to that ball and, again, gives him more scope and... and, and bigger development as well. Um, we've seen um, Sam Durant come in as well and play centrally, usually been seen quite wide um, up until this season, but I actually quite like him centrally because he can almost, you know, thinking about, again, the first team, when Joe Rothwell eventually leaves, someone who can drive through the middle with great dribbling skills, and that's maybe something I can see with Sam. I think he's maybe got a bit more development to go, but interesting to see him play central. Yeah, it is. I agree with that. I think... Uh... He's one that's not come out of the blue, but he's not been a prominent figure with the 23s, but he just goes under the radar in terms of people noticing what he has and maybe give him a... He might need a loan spell out, you don't know, but I think we do actually have a talent there and we're not overstacked on wingers in the first team, are we? Mm. Maybe that's where he comes in for a friendly or two and just impresses and, you know, Dolan did it coming and impressing through. There's no reason why Durant can't. Yeah, absolutely. And like I say, we've been then sending quite a lot out on loan and we probably aren't as strong as, as what we what we were last season, which is evident in the in the results. But there's still time, as you say, for the for the league to kind of sort itself out. We're nowhere near like kind of out of touch with the teams above us and there will be a lot of teams kind of in and around that relegation zone. There's one other player I wanted to um just discuss He's not a regular in the under-23s, but Ainsley Pears came in for the Arsenal game and actually, I thought, did really well because um, we were under the cosh for the first two until Arsenal got a man sent off. And I think he actually performed very well and then came into the first team, obviously, when Kaminsky got injured and produced a good save, a couple of good punches under pressure. And I think really that game for the under-23s really helped him. Yeah, I think this is it. I think using a few of the first-teamers well, one, help out with the results, but two, it'll help us at first-team level as well. It gives the 23s the experience of playing with these pros and it gives the 23s the better quality. So I think I'd like to see us do it a bit more at times, maybe give Butterworth a few more minutes when he's not appearing for us. And we've, seen it, we've done it with Davenport a few times. I just think it, we need to use that well, especially when we're short on numbers. Yeah. 
rather than digging down into the 18s, maybe yeah. pull a couple down from the from the seniors. I know Leeds United, those of you that watched um, Rovers at, at Leeds, was it at Leeds, I think it was, where they played quite yeah. a lot of their first-team players. Pascal Strike, I think, played, and Gail Hart, who's now a, a first-team kind of regular, he played in that game and was fantastic. And Bielsa has no problem in, in dropping his senior players into that team because, obviously, they play in the same way and they're getting kind of used to the system still. Um, so yeah, maybe we should maybe we should be doing that, and maybe it might help us ward off relegation. So we come to this kind of final question. Really, there's a couple of things to mention at the end of the podcast as well, but I, I wanted to kind of drill into this relegation question a bit more because at the moment we're in PL2, you know, the top division, Division One, um, and that's where all the elite academies are at the top of the table. You see West Ham at the moment, but usually Man City, obviously United, Liverpool, all of the ones that we were up there with last season. Um, if we do get relegated, we drop back down into the division that we were a few years ago under Damian Johnson um, and playing against the lesser academies, as it were. Although still academy is category one academy, so not you know not not terrible. And I kind of I kind of wonder whether. Does it really matter? And so that's kind of, I'm passing it over to you now. Do you think it really matters if we get relegated? It's a tough one for me because obviously you're in the top division, you're playing much of the better players, you know, all your better academy products in the Prem have played at this level. But then you look at the team that come up from the second division in the 17-18, Lewis Travis only played Premier League 2 Division 2 really for Rovers. Stepped in easily, Nyambe played. You know, it's not the be all and end all. And I think maybe, you know, maybe if you let someone like Harry Leonard go and play at that level and he scores double figures, you're giving them that confidence. I think a lot of it is confidence as well. I think John Nuttall, you know, he scored a lot of goals at PL2. Then he come into the first team and he, you know, he was decent enough, weren't he, to begin with? And I, for me, it's not that important. I'd like to play in the top division. I'd like to be playing your future Rashfords, Fordens, whoever you play. But it's not as important as maybe some people have made out. Yeah, and a lot of those, a lot of the top prospects actually go out on loan anyway. So a lot yeah. of those top kind of City, Liverpool loan like players, like Clarkson, obviously is with our first team. He's not playing for Liverpool under twenty threes. Kadra and you know and and like and Pavedo would probably be playing Leeds under twenty threes still. They obviously come come to us and and does it? So are you even playing against the very top? Um, probably not. Well, that's it, and I think you see like I don't see much use in getting battered six nil every week if we were going to get battered. Does that do any good for the players? Keep getting battered and keep losing. First team got battered seven 0 and it's done all right for them. Well, it has, yeah. I just think, for me, it's not the be all and end all. If we do go down, it's not something to be too disappointed in or anything. We've got the time. If the, if you're good enough, you're going to make it. Personally, no matter who you're playing at this level, Travis did it. Nyambe did it. Scott Wharton, when he did play, were all in PL 2 Division 2 because the rest he spent on loan. You know, you see it, they go out on loan and if they impress out on loan, they will get noticed. Wharton got noticed, he made it in. Carter's had his odd game this year. For me, it's all about development and as long as these players develop the best they can, they're getting the time they need, 
the picking up results, the winning games, it all breeds well for going into the first team. It's kind of, I think, to be honest, <clears throat> I think the second half of the season is going to be win-win. I think either you battle against relegation and things mean something to you and you develop that way and you escape it and you're back in PL2 for the next set of scholars to come in. You're, obviously, all those that we talked about in the first half of the show, those FA Youth Cup run players, and that's what happened last season, that all the ones that made it to that semi-final come into the, the under-23s team and we challenge for the title. I could see that happening again next season if all these talented youngsters come into the 23s a bit bigger and a bit smarter. Um, that's if we stay in the top division. If we battle against relegation and we still get that kind of experience of battling against relegation but fail and go into the division two, then we've got a very good chance of bouncing straight back or at least winning a hell of a lot of games and scoring a lot of goals, hopefully. And like I say, breathing confidence then that way for these young players that will then come in. Because that will be a very good, that should be a very good under-23s team at that level. So that's, Just to jump in, that's exactly it. It's maybe if we did go down and then Leonard comes in, Olsen, Pratt regularly. Pratt's been in a few times, but he comes in regularly. If all these players come in and then get that year to adjust, it's beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. So the 23s as well have got a, a big next fixture. They play Man United, um, like I said, probably um, before this goes out. So we'll, this is a very quickly out-of-date news. Um, then it's the Premier League group stage for them. Um, against Nottingham Forest and then another game before Christmas Leicester away um, um, and then they have a little bit of a break for Christmas and come back in January Leicester are only two points above us in the league they've lost their last two league matches only won one in the last five so um, that could be a good way for them to sign off for 2021 if they could get a, a three points away there then that puts them out of the relegation zone for for Christmas, and then that would be a, a good way to finish that year, really, Dan. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? It's just momentum. We see it a few times. There's that sometimes there's that much of a gap between these games that you know it's sometimes momentum doesn't matter as much, but wins on the board are always good. So, fingers crossed. Absolutely. Um, just one thing I wanted to touch on before we, we left obviously, um, Christopher Samba has done an audience with down at Ewood and uh, it turns out that he's going to be back a, kind of on a, on a regular basis down at the club. Yeah, it's a, a bit out of the blue, isn't it? We knew we were doing his badges, but do you know what? It's good to have him around. I'm sure everyone who works at the club when he were there will get a boost as well. Yeah, I mean, like, imagine being a young centre-back and then Chris Samba's kind of there to talk to and learn from and no doubt he'll be there giving his advice. Um, I, I don't know what his exact role is. He's just a, an academy coach. So I don't know if he's been given a label as such. I seem to think under-15's coach seems to come to mind, maybe assistant. But I'll find out. I'll find out from the horse's mouth. Well, not the horse's mouth. I don't I don't even 
try and speak to Christopher Samba just yet. We'll try, definitely try and get him on the podcast, though. Um, but speaking of the podcast, obviously, we've mentioned about John Buckley's one. Go, on, go and find that out. It's going down really well. It's now a long chat down at Brock Hall with uh, Ryan and Joe. And uh, he talks, you know, he's very candid. He gives us a lot of detail and a lot of information. It's really good. Um, in terms of the Academy podcast, I've already mentioned I've recorded with John Prince, who's a, um, a lead coach in the in the in one of the phases of the, of the Academy. That's going to come out in the next few days as part of the Rovers chat lead up to Chris. Christmas. Um, then we've I'm speaking to another academy coach, Eddie Stanford, who I'm speaking to him on Monday. That'll come out before Christmas as well. Um, he's a former uh, classmate of mine um, back at Our Lady in St. John and then went on for a good playing career as well, played for Coventry City and also in Poland, which we'd like to speak to him about. And um, we've also got a player, um, one of the players mentioned already today, uh, Jay Haddle has agreed to come on and speak to to me um, a week on Saturday. And obviously by that stage, we'll talk about the the Burnley game that's coming up on, on Saturday, but his story as well. And I think, I think that's going to be really interesting for you to find out more about Jay, uh, more about the, you know, the team, uh, the young team. And hopefully that'll be the, the signal for more of them to want to come on and speak to us as well. Um, I think that's it. Oh, are we, yeah, I think we've caught up on everything yeah, now. Yeah, I think we're good. Done well in half an hour, caught up on a few months of, of, of information. Um, thank you for your time. Dan, we're, we're past, we're getting up towards one o'clock in the morning. Um, as always, these Academy podcasts uh, are late nighters for us, but yeah. uh, they're, they're really good to do. And we should, we should really endeavor to do them a bit more regularly than we do. We'll promise to do them, we'll yeah. make them a bit more regular. Yeah, we'll do the next one in January after we've had that really interesting period for the for the under 18s and report back on what we've seen. Um, so for now, um, thank you very much for watching, and uh, we'll see you all again soon. Cheers. The Rovers Chat YouTube channel is proudly sponsored by SixYardsOut.com. They've got retro football from every era with mugs, phone cases, and much more. They also have plenty of Rovers goods, including apparel with the famous 94-95 season and this season's kit. Check them out using the link in the description below. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that... That's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton.